0: Welcome to episode 8 of the Tapping Into podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Olverum, an award-winning cult beauty and well-being brand steeped in ritual, powered by nature, focused on self-care and finessed by science. This last few days I've been using the body polish on my legs and feet and it's been amazing. Topped off with the gorgeous body lotion and my legs look completely new. Olverum are offering you a chance to feel relaxed, restored and renewed, giving you an exclusive 20% discount using the code tapping for moms. In this week's episode, I go on a journey to menopause. Sarah Williamson is a nutritional therapist and founder of Women Wise, a company on a mission to help women understand the complexities of menopause and midlife health. Sarah began her journey into nutrition in 2000, driven by her own experience of navigating challenging health issues. Combining research with intuition and instinct, she has been helping women feel their best for over 20 years. Through Women Wise, Sarah provides at-home test kits to help women understand what is going on in their body and then designs personalized food, exercise, and lifestyle plans to assist them in feeling their best throughout midlife and menopause. With a commitment to providing the highest quality of care, Sarah has become a trusted resource for empowering women during this important life transition. We chat about the new phase of life that occurs as we transition through the early perimenopause to postmenopause. Sarah shares with us a lot about the symptoms we go through in these different phases. Some are lesser known and are often not picked up early enough. We discuss Sarah's reason for creating WomenWise to identify why we're not coping well with the natural changes in our body and hormones. Agnostic to HRT, Sarah shares her views on the history of HRT in the media and makes the valid point that a lot of things are going on that the estrogen might not actually help, as 50% of women who use it don't find it to be the magic bullet they wanted. We explore the impact of trauma and stress resilience on this transition because of the role of our adrenals and the production of cortisol and adrenaline. It's a fascinating chat and a lot to get through. I really hope it is useful for you. I do recommend anyone living in the UK who is resonating with this conversation and transition in their lives to check out Women Wise at www.womenwise.health. They are currently not sending test kits to Southern Ireland but hope to do so in the future. So do keep an eye out. As always, let me know how you get on with this chat, jump into my DMs or leave us a review. Sarah, welcome to the Tapping Into podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Lovely to see you.
0: I am very, very excited to talk about this um, because it is something that has been on my radar for a couple of years and it came out of the blue. It wasn't on my radar. And then all of a sudden it's everywhere, you know, and not because I feel particularly affected yet, but because the conversations have increased and people are becoming more aware. The terminology of perimenopause and menopause is featuring in media and conversations, which is, I think, amazing. Um, And a lot of my members and a lot of my podcast listeners are also in this precipice or already there, you know? Um, So I think it's a really, really good discussion to have. So I'm really excited to
1: chat with you. Me too, I love talking about my favorite subject. (laughs)
0: So before we get into you and, and your company, Women Wise Health, um, let's start with the foundations. What is the perimenopause and the menopause
1: um, from, a, from your perspective, I suppose? Okay, so from my perspective, the very top line is, I start with it's a natural transition. We are supposed to not start, continue to use energy to remain fertile. And as far as I see, that energy should then start you know stopping looking down and into your family and you start to look up and out of the world and it's a different perspective and it's a new phase of life and it if done well it can be absolutely a brilliant launch pad for many women at this time so a natural transition for most women obviously there are some people who have medical situations but for most women it's a natural transition and and it comes in phases and for many women it sneaks up on them uh, and because we are quite uh, a society that sort of thinks of aging as a negative thing. A lot of women almost in denial that it's going to happen to them or it, it can't be that. And so some of the subtler symptoms they don't pick up on quite early and they sometimes attribute it to other things. So I really talk about it in three phases. So the first phase is what we call early perimenopause. And that is when and it usually starts, but it can start anywhere from the late 30s, but usually starts in the early 40s for most women, where <clears throat> we still have cycle regular cycles. Um, we know it's harder to get pregnant at this time, and it's because we ovulate less regularly. So when you ovulate less regularly, as you ovulate, your ovary sort of puts out a protruding finger where the egg is then shot off the end of that finger. And it's that little projection, that finger on the ovary that produces progesterone for the second half of the month. And so when that doesn't happen and you don't ovulate, you're not getting that progesterone. So what we see is what some people describe as Eastern dominant symptoms. And they can be um, breast tenderness, a lot more PMT, a kind of, they notice their cycle can be more difficult. So premenstrually, the sleep gets a bit disrupted. There's a lot more physical and mental tension um, and it sort of sneaks up on them. Then we get to a middle phase, but it still stays cyclical. But the next phase is things become less cyclical. So the symptoms start changing. And so we, what we get is inside the estrogen levels had stayed roughly the same. They float up and down, but they're relatively high compared to progesterone. The second part is we move into this phase where the estrogen levels then begin to fluctuate as well. Um, and so the ovaries are not producing a, um, the same amount of estrogen and it fluctuates. That's when the symptoms pen, can become more sporadic. You can't tie it to your cycle. You're not quite sure what's going on. And we see things like more mental health issues, so anxiety and a low grade anxiety that kicks in for a lot of women that they can't quite place, shorter tempers. And then they get a combination of the Eastern dominant symptoms, which can be mood changes, as I said, breast tenderness or even breast growth. So some women end up, I will say that it's like, sometimes their boobs get into the room before they do. And it's not uncommon at this time that they, you know, they notice their breast size increased again. And um And then they start to get other symptoms associated with low estrogen because sometimes estrogen is high, sometimes it's low. So they can get skin dryness, thin, thinning hair, vaginal dryness, and just kind of they fluctuate between the two. Acne can start to appear at this time. Um, And there's, you know, rashes on their skin, just some really sort of undistinct, unrecognisable symptoms that aren't really obvious menopause symptoms, like many people think hot flushes and night sweats. Mm. And then the third part is the one day in which you're regarded as being menopausal because it's only one day and it's the day at which you haven't had a menstrual cycle or a bleed for one year. And then you are, after that one special day of being in menopause, you are then post-menopausal. The fluctuations, however, still roll on in the background. Oh, Brilliant. And, <laughs> Yes, but less less strong, and there's a sort of simmering down. But you're not triggering ovulation. You're less likely to have, you know, womb linings and those kind of things. So you're not having regular bleeds, etc. So it's and that potent area. You're postmenopausal, and you should be moving into a new adaptation. So your body, throughout this period, should be able to adapt. And the you know the reason I got into it was why aren't we adapting? To what should be a natural thing. It it should be, you know, a natural passage. And I think it should be really exciting because it's yeah. like I said, it's the time to look up and out at the world rather than, you know, very focused on family and children and all of those things. You still have that focus, but suddenly, you know, you can look out in the world and see what you might want to do out there. Ooh,
0: where do we start? I mean, poor women. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot that you know, a lot going on for us, isn't there? And what I suppose is hard is the the lack of awareness in ourselves, and you know, discussed outwardly around these transitions and phases in our lives. And to be fair, I don't think we give any um, acknowledgement to the transitions we move through in life anyway you know we don't acknowledge our rite of passage as womanhood is when we get our first periods we don't acknowledge the move into motherhood and we're not held in a sacred space for that and then we go through this other transition the crone if you like um wise woman or wild woman phase um depending on how you approach it and again we're not you know, held necessarily through that transition and, and, and our awareness of not only our emotions and mental health, but actually what is going on in our body. That's huge. The, the missing piece, I suppose. Um, yeah. I just find it incredible really that there's so much going on inside that we
1: just have no clue about. And I, uh... I de- the more I've looked into this, this, and my passion for it came from some stories of some people who are really struggling. And I just want I want with I love the fact that conversations about menopause there's a lot about it. So certainly in the UK, it's becoming very high profile. But currently, the only conversation about that is access to HRT. Mm. And whilst that can be magnificent from people, I have a completely agnostic position on HRT. It's actually the underlying stuff that's going on that allows us to embed healthily and well in this next phase. If we don't get right, it doesn't matter how much estrogen you're rubbing on your arm. (laughs) So if there are other things going on, if you've got thyroid issues, if you've got adrenal problems, all of those things. There is going to be no smooth transition, even if you bathed an estrogen on a daily basis. <laughs> so it's about and I want other people who yeah. don't to pursue that route, who have alternative views, who doesn't feel intuitively right or they can't to have levers to pull and not think, oh, there's the silver bullet. And if I can't get access to that, I'm doomed. Yeah. And so and there are a number of women who take it. So 50 percent of women who take HRT don't notice significant benefit. Mm. At which point what else is it and so it's that kind of investigative work that sort of took me on this path
0: so tell us a little bit about yourself your background your training I mean how did you get to be so driven in this in
1: this way okay so um I think like all of us you start from that point of pain and that's how I became a nutritional therapist um <laughs> My first degree was in economics. I worked in, in commerce. I had persistently had health issues right from my early teens. Um, I was deeply fatigued. I was struggling to keep up with everybody. I definitely had thyroid issues. I think I suffered. I was quite sensitive. Life was quite stressful and I wouldn't often speak up about what I thought. (laughs) Very different now. Um, And, uh, I had to, so things were difficult. And I went on to then get a nasty dose of glandular fever um, when I was 19. And I was struggling through university. My mood was struggling and it, in retrospect, it damaged my thyroid. And I continued in that vein, trying to push forward, trying to keep going um, until my early thirties. And, you know, my health was getting worse. I was really So I pushed on through from my late teens all the way through to my early thirties, working, keeping going, kept trying to make changes, was perpetually exhausted and having to reserve my energy and then go and do big things. So I'm naturally an energetic person. So it was quite challenging. Uh, And then I had to have foot surgery and I didn't want to go back to work after a month off. And I was like, this is a sign. And so the second foot I had surgery on, I spent my energy investigating. I knew I wanted to help people. And I knew I wanted to resolve things for people like me. Because I was like, it's not enough just to accept it. There must be something. And so I rang a few people started discussing and landed on nutritional therapy, which appealed to my then quite scientific thinking. And then I went to study alongside working for three years at the Institute for Optimum Nutrition. I think before it was really fashionable to be a nutritionist. So I (laughs) started that in 1999. Wow. Um, Yeah. So um, and that sort of begun my learning. And ever since then, I'm very self-directed in my learning. I kind of use my intuition to follow my path through where I'm going to go, which has led me to, you know, some unusual concepts and ideas but I think overall they work and they ha- they're underpinned by some good reason despite the fact sometimes my intuition took me there
0: well that the intuition is the gold so you did the right thing yeah
1: yeah it is and I think the more the older I get the more important you realize how oh, what a magnificent gift intuition is. Mm. And if you follow it and you and others follow it, it's just you, you know, just follow the path.
0: Yeah, and it's actually quite easy once once yeah. you're in the in the flow. So then how did Women Wise as a company uh, transpire?
1: So in 19, in 19, in 2019, if we can remember that day, um, <laughs> I met up with some old uni friends who I hadn't seen for a long time. And one of the women there was describing with a massive rise sense of humour, but her transition and her friends transition through this period of time. Um, And you know, similar backgrounds to me and everything else. And she was describing relationship breakups and people leaving their jobs and there's sort of just this kind of explosion going on in relationships. And she finished with a story, which she told with a huge grin on her face, but the kind of sadness and pain imagining the image was very intense where she was lying on her bed and she told her husband she was gonna leave him. She was gonna leave the kid. She'd had enough, wanted to go, you know, live on an ashram and, and he was hanging on her feet saying it will be okay. And I thought, and she laughed, mm-hmm. but even now as I hear that story, I, it, I feel the pain. And that, I was like, I have to look at this. Wow. There is something here. And she's no idea. She doesn't know I tell that story or we we do this because I haven't seen her since. But this is what started the whole thing. Wow. And I started to investigate and I thought, there's got to be more to it than just hormone levels, like just your estrogen and just your progesterone. There's something more. Why are some women sailing through and some women not? And, so, I began looking, is there a genetic capacity, component to it? What else is going on? And that began my kind of two and a half years of kind of deep research. And while I'm learning, uh, I like to do talks. So, I talk to women, I get them in groups, and we have a free session and I talk about stuff that I've learned. And and my business partner, that, who I've known for many years, Vicky, came along and she went, This is a thing. We can do something with this. And it it kind of went from there. Wow. God, I have. Again, full bloody shivers as you
0: told that story. That's incredible, isn't it? That these little moments, these off-the-cuff experiences can just trigger, you know, a huge range of limitless possibilities. So that's just amazing. And you listen to your gut and you followed that and, and you've now come to create this company. And what does Women Wise Health do?
1: So we in simple terms, we use some at-home test kits and an in detailed questionnaire to look under the bonnet, like what is actually going on for you? And we look at, so we look at the most important, my favorite test in that box is um, the urine test, which looks at your cortisol patterns. Mm -hmm. So what should happen at menopause is the little glands that sit on top of your kidneys called the adrenal glands that produce adrenaline, cortisol but at this time dhea and a few other hormones but at this time they should take over making something that turns into background levels of sex hormones and that would be the smooth to this change that we go through and for many of us we've lived really different lives from great grandparents and before so for many women emancipation of women just meant their to-do list got a lot longer so yes. yeah so um so there are nine out of 10 women or more, I'm gonna say it's probably 95 out of hundred, have a disrupted cortisol pattern. Mm. And that can be where they are got high levels of the stress hormone cortisol in their blood. So cortisol is brilliant, but it's that Goldilocks thing of the right amount at the right time. Or sometimes they've got so burnt out that the brain is not communicating to the adrenal glands to tell them to kick up the cortisol when necessary. And that's what most women describe as a burnout. And, and there's a couple of other patterns, but it's those for us that underpin the foundations of how we then start to unravel your health for you. So how you're able to deal with stress, and regulate yourself with that cortisol pattern that should go up and down in the day in a nice kind of wave. Um, we look at people's blood glucose and their insulin sensitivity. So. How well can they fuel their cells? Is the fuel that they're eating getting into the cells like the brain cells or anywhere else they want it to? Or is it being ushered into their fat cells? So they're hungrier, um, more craving, and they're putting on weight. And it's a matter of balancing that hormone pattern called insulin to get that to work in the right direction for women again. So they unlock the ability to lose weight and be energized when it gets out of balance they get stuck in a gaining weight fatigue pattern so again we look at that we look at iron levels because many women have started a heavy bleed because as their progesterone levels are dropping off their bleeds become heavier and a lot of women have moved to more plant-based or vegetarian type eating which Mm -hmm. means their intake of iron can be lower and we get these patterns where they're at right at the low end of normal And most women do better. And the studies showing that they do better in the higher end. So thinning hair and fatigue, for example, which most people regard as a menopause symptom can actually be attributed to low iron levels. And iron is the the magic that carries oxygen around the body. And it's that chemistry that makes everything work. And so, you know, we need, that's really important. Uh, We look at thyroid health, obviously that Women often notice thyroid changes, puberty, that's where mine kicked in, post baby, and at this menopause transition. And it's those three times that I think, you know, it's especially important just to have a look and see what's going on there. And again, trying to optimize women. So not just be happy if they're symptomatic at the bottom end of the range, bringing them to the kind of sweet spot. Um, And then very interestingly, And I spent a lot of time looking at the, how we we use estrogen in the body and then how we clear it out of the body. Because there's two parts to that. Estrogen is fabulous. We've got estrogen receptors all over uh, the cells in our body in our brain and everywhere else. But there is an associated risk from estrogens, be they Ones that you take externally or ones you manufacture within your body with increased risk of cancer. And it's the way that your enzymes clear that estrogen that supports you. And so magnificently, we look at the genetics for these, your kind of, your again, your car engine for clearance. But so magnificently, there are a number of natural products available out there in the world that can really improve this for women who do have less brilliant looking um, genetics, like like me, <laughs> in that section, and so it can take away a lot of the fear and the worry and the anxiety. If people think, okay, I know I've got this, I'm going to manage it with this, and I can get on with my life. Um, so we looked at that very closely as well. So and then we look a lot about mood and, and anxiety and brain chemistry. So we try and really get a round picture of women, what's going on, because you know things like fluctuating estrogen can affect the serotonin levels in the brain, which affect appetite, mood, sex drive. People don't realize that serotonin is sex drive. And then we look at things like GABA, which is a brain calming neurotransmitter, and that's helped by progesterone. So as progesterone levels lower, that's why the anxiety starts to creep up. There's a biology to that. Um, So we work around that for many women. So I can talk about it forever, but that's (laughs) <laughs> that's what we do and we get a report which tells them all about themselves
0: i just think this is amazing because you're taking a very holistic approach um and i've just written down here it's like we try to navigate this ourselves blind you know we read about oh uh, this herb would be really good or um, this natural estrogen is really good to take or the HRT is really good to take, et cetera. Well, we have no idea whether that's actually what we physically need based on so all these different variables.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, what works for you? And I was talking last night to a lovely group of women that I was talking about this to. And they were saying, well, you know, one of them was a barrister. She was saying, well, basically in the robing room, everyone's discussing what might work for them. And I've tried this, why didn't you try that? And they're all trying to work out what might be their groove. But I mean, when it comes down to the genetics, there is a particular gene. I have a very slow function on this gene. Other women have very fast. Some people are in the beautiful sweet spot of middle. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot of us women who are slow. And for us, these known, and I always use the term superfood in inverted commas because it's just excellent marketing. is that they, green tea, for example, is likely to make me more anxious and not be beneficial. It further slows that down. Same with St. John's wort, which is a herb that lots of people use for mood Mm. and lifting. That can be worse for me, rhodiola the same. And then you've got women at the other end who have a very fast working enzyme in this way. And they do really well on rhodiola and green tea and the like. If you know what you've got, you can then, you don't have to, you don't have to listen to what turmeric might do. You just, I know what works for me. I'm going to do that. And it takes all the mystery out. And like I said, I just want women to stop thinking about their menopause then in that sense, celebrate the next phase and feel empowered by all the energy that should be now no longer sent to the fertility pathway and then be able to put it out in the world in other forms. Wow. It's honestly incredible.
0: So much to unpack there. <laughs> the, the trauma piece, the stress piece, the cortisol piece. So um, I just did an interview with somebody this week, a tapping specialist. She's a physician in America who works on the mind body connect. And she was really talking about how our energy and how we feel impacts the chemistry makeup within our bloodstream and the physiology of, um, of our hormones and, and etc and really that's what's also going on here right so you know when we're feeling so the, actually the physiology we've got drops in estrogen and things making us feel anxious lowering our mood and then that chemistry output is making us feel a whole lot worse so we're in this I suppose cycle which you you've talked there a little bit about kind of breaking the cycle with awareness and knowledge we talked about this uh, when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago um that having had a a traumatic life having experienced maybe one or two big big traumas or multiple small level traumas that keep us in the fight flight freeze will keep us in high levels of cortisol and adrenaline that that actually damages or not damages but doesn't set us up very well for this change does it because actually you you just said there it's so reliant on the adrenals
1: so reliant and it's an on it's also reliant on the way the brain is communicating Mm. with those adrenals and your body cannot perceive the difference between a real Uh, stressor lion running towards you versus a and one that you're thinking about the calamity Mm -hmm. that you might be allowing to run so as those progesterone levels drop off as that GABA lowers women get into this overthinking cycle and the power of tapping to break that cycle to stop that kind of spiral down can be immense and there's no doubt about it for me the main impact on women's, um, you know, ability to sail and glide through this part in a kind of magnificent way, because I think we're all going to become magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, is their ability to have that stress resilience, have that appropriate response. And it just there's so I mean, we all of our recommendations are nutrition-based, lifestyle-based, with the odd herb and the odd supplement in there just to bring certain people round to certain spaces. There's nothing kind of really, you know, radical in the response. It's just tailoring it to these women. And a lot of our Uh, information is given talks about ways of managing that stress response Mm. and for some women it can be anything to holding an ice cube in the moment to bring them back into their body and out of the uh, all the way you know through tapping breath work all of those things they are all being shown to be so powerful and the evidence is there now yeah that i mean again intuition would work We don't always have to have evidence, but you know, the (laughs) evidence for those who like it, it's there now that these are really powerful techniques for bringing people back into themselves and back to the moment and out of that imagined or experienced kind of drama.
0: I feel like this is an opportunity for women to allow themselves to do the healing work, to go on that journey, to look at what has experienced um contributed to a high stress environment for themselves whether that is a previous trauma or it's their mindset and the belief system that they are running of i'm not good enough i'm not worthy i must work really hard i you know um life is hard the go 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 the unbalanced masculine feminine side you know where they they're in the masculine all the time they're in the wrong environments the wrong jobs maybe the wrong relationships. Um, yeah. And isn't this a beautiful phase of life to really give yourself and gift yourself the knowledge, the awareness, the compassion and the healing that actually can bring you
1: through and rebirth you, you know, in this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think for many women, this is, it's certainly has been for me is the moment of kind of that spiritual awakening that looking Mm. up and out at the world and that understanding of the energy you're able to put out in the world is what's coming back to you and if you can use your biology to get you to a good place where that energy coming off you is positive and you're not taking on all the weight of the world and you know wallowing in others suffering as well as your own which I think is a very common thing we see with mm-hmm. a lot of us it's just they just want women to kind of it's almost like do the kit get your wings on and off you go you know <laughs> I don't you know they can they know what to do that's dealt and then they can just dealt with and they can just go off and do what they need to do in the world because know one in 10 women leave their jobs which might be for very good reasons but it's about making sure that they're making that voice from a position of strength and knowing Mm -hmm. rather than because I can't cope and I have to put my hands up in the air and it's that those choices so if you're making your choices because you feel good you feel strong you can stand in your kind of power and moment and Mm -hmm. decision because you're physically well your brain chemistry. Although the physicality is working, then it. I, I really hope it just unleashes women. The second, this part of life can just be so immense. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. And imagine every woman had access to this level of information. You know, And um, So this is obviously uh, you're a private company, and you're supporting women, um, with a home testing kit. And then there's some handholding too, isn't there?
1: Yes, yeah. so women do and we've got sort of several options because we're really conscious that you know financially etc mm. is difficult and the bulk of our costs are the tests because the urine test for example goes to the US there isn't a lab here that does it yet. wow so that you know so that's why we're hamstrung a bit by the test course maybe one day we'll have a lab yeah. um but yeah so we do several options um We are currently a private company. I would love for this to be available for everybody. Mm. It can't be at the moment, but maybe by dint of beginning this process, you know, we can bring that if we, you know, we can bring that as we grow. So um, yeah, there's an option of a kind of more basic product without the genetics in. We still look at your brain chemistry and things, but it's without the genetic part, or you can have the genetics uh, combination Everybody is supported by 12 months of digital coaching. So they get very targeted stuff to whatever came up in their report. Not not just like a a kind of blanket of things. Um, So stress management and some of the things you've done with us, that part is going to be really magnificent. I think it might be the secret sauce. Um, And then people can. Yeah. People can then book. To have a consult with me or one of the other nutritional therapists that they want a bit more support and going through. We very carefully left no one with a dead end. So if we if they don't see resolution, we've got other alternatives for them to go down. So if they've got gut oh, microbiome amazing. issues or anything else, we, we're we not leaving you there going, oh, well, that didn't work. What now? <laughs> we, we're we co- you know getting you all the way through to wellness. And that is what we're after. So, yeah. Currently, it's, you know, the price range is from £399 uh, all the way up to £699 with a, a product in the middle at £599. But they're one-offs. They're not, you have, don't have to repeat them year after year, all those kind of things. They yeah. might be the odd test, but it's not a kind of subscription where you're tied in forever. Yeah. So it's a one-off. This is where I'm at right now. And then I know what to do going forward. I love it.
0: I'm an EFT tapping practitioner and trainer and I work with women all around the world helping them truly let go so they can shape their own future free from the conditioning and shackles of the past. I've created a Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community where we meet monthly to tap on emotions and issues that are coming up for us, we enjoy guest speakers and I create a tapping script or meditation for the month too. As well as that, you have access to a library of over 160 tapping videos, meditations, resources and courses. So visit tappingformums.com forward slash join dash membership. For someone who's for that, we're potentially very unattainable. Um what should how do we talk to our gps about this because i think um gps traditionally haven't been very detailed in terms of probably their training around the perimenopause and menopause often i hear women doing all the research themselves arming themselves with um information about why they want hrt going into the doctor um almost demanding it because they're they feel that that they won't get listened to that they won't be heard that they won't get the prescription and then some feeling very disappointed and others feeling liberated as a result so you know where do we start in with the gp route
1: yeah i think it's always worth that the GPs are really working hard to catch up with this yeah there are only few because of the um low access to training at the moment because it's only offered by you know in a small way people are waiting two years to get on their training lists and things but I think the understanding is coming um I was up at uh, the UK parliament um with the menopause mandate a couple of weeks ago, the energy in that room is immense. So all (laughs) of this will happen. Yeah. Um, I think there's two parts to that. It's knowing that you, I think a lot of women now should be able to get access to HRT. I think the understanding and the publicity in the UK is significant enough that they're getting it before they get prescribed antidepressants or something else. But I think... They can bring it back to themselves. Am I eating well enough? Am I consuming foods rich in nutrients and iron and other things? Have I had heavy bleeding? Do I need to think about that? Um, How, what is my diet like in the way of balancing my blood glucose? So am I trying to push myself too hard? Am I fasting a lot? Which I, I think fasting is an incredible tool, but for a lot of women at this time, it just pushes that cortisol stress hormone higher. Oh, that's so, interesting. They don't get the weight loss. They get frustrated and then they try for more. I'll do it longer. I'll do it harder. And again, that masculine energy there. So we go back to very basic things like three meals a day, no snacks, no, no milky coffees. That includes in between. So three meals a day, plenty of protein at each meal. Mm -hmm. So, and that is a big target for some women because they're desperately under eating protein. So if you're trying to lose weight, we say go for one gram per pound of your ideal body weight. And so let's say looking at a, a chicken or a salmon breast, that's about 30 to 35 grams of, of, um, of protein. Yogurt is a really good source for the vegetarians and vegans. It's harder work. So you're going to have to really focus on mm. getting that protein in, in tofu and other things. Um, and then. If you're trying to maintain your weight, we recommend about 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound of ideal body weight. And for most women, they're stunned by how much that is. Um, But what they find is their metabolic ticks up, their skin gets better. All of the things that use protein in the system, if you've been under eating, suddenly kick up um so those are really easy places to start where anybody could have a go at those yeah and then just the usual thing of avoiding too much refined carbohydrate and if you're ravenously hungry and you've got i think a lot of women at this time get this bottomless pit of hunger they just they can never feel satisfied and then that goes into the weight story so again it's looking at things that would boost your serotonin levels because that's the appetite thing. So bright light, I mean, it's raining here right now, but <laughs> yep. bright light is a really powerful tool for that. And understanding the chemistry of eating plenty of protein can supply the right amino acids to support your brain chemistry. So it's, there's just some easy things to do for yourself that you don't have to run to an expert yes. straight away. Yeah, And just, it works. And I
0: presume sleep and water and stress reduction
1: tools are really key as well. 100%. I think one of the important things people do know about water. So lots of women don't drink enough water. There's another group of women who drink a lot of water, but they avoid salt. And you can only retain the water if you have the salt, because it's an electrical uh, thing where the water and the salt come together. So most women. Now, if we're for being very healthy, you tend to under-eat sodium, the salt. Um, so it's a matter of making sure most women need about two teaspoons a day in total. And most people most women are under-eating that. And they feel immediately better, particularly in the mornings. If you're very fatigued in the mornings, a little bit of sea salt in water, and you notice a kick up. That's exactly. Energy.
0: So my friend Kelly just posted about that the other day. And um, I bought I've bought some Celtic salt. Um, and a squeeze of lemon juice in my water bottle. And it, A, it tastes a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, And I absolutely notice the difference in this. Yeah. So first thing in the morning, a bit of decent salt, maybe
1: a little bit of lemon juice or something as well. Totally. Lemon juice brings potassium. So that's mm-hmm. that sodium-potassium balance. And they are like two sides of a seesaw. So that's a really powerful start to the day for a lot of women. Amazing.
0: So, so many different things. What about herbs and supplements? And I know obviously you can't give like generic um, um, advice because everybody's so different, but what, like, what are you seeing? Um, You mentioned in the last chat we had, that there was some um, estrogen clearing, not weed and all sorts of cool things.
1: Okay, so there's, what I find quite interesting you know, and you look out into the world and what's going on in nature and everywhere else. And, you know, as we've just seen, I have quite a scientific mind. I find it so fascinating that two plants that are really becoming ravaging is Japanese knotweed, which is a real rich source of resveratrol and resveratrol helps balance blood glucose, And it can help um, improve estrogen clearance by making sure that some things don't run too fast and supporting in other ways. So you don't get the overspill of things that might damage um, your DNA. And the other one, I think in a world where we live in uh, with people with a lot of addictions as their coping mechanism, is there's a lot of overgrowth of something called kudzu. And that root, kudzu root, has been shown to be incredibly powerful for People voluntarily, not even having to try, to cut back on alcohol consumption and cigarettes. Wow! And I just find it so fascinating that they're regarded as these trouble plants, and they're just growing everywhere, um, and they're taking over. Um, and I, you know, you always wonder if that's a sign.
0: So it's the world, Mother Earth, is giving us what we need, literally growing what we need. And would that would that apply to kind of
1: sugar craving? So the kudzu, I have a feeling, so this is my theory. Mm -hmm. So kudzu works in the brain, you know, reducing alcohol intake. And when we look at alcoholics, people who've managed to give up alcohol, their next port of call is offering sugar. Mm -hmm. And so I can't, there's no studies yet, but my intuition with that little bit of an educated guess is thinking it could be a very powerful tool there too. Um, but i don't i've yet to, i've yet to see it but there's we have lots of other ways of getting around those sugar cravings as well for people um there's a you know As no and this is not a personal recommendation you absolutely need to check against medications but there's also something called 5-htp which is a pre yes, of that yeah yeah and there's a british company that make a patch which i quite like because some people get nauseous And so uh, we use that in some women, but you have to be very careful with 5-HTP alongside other medications because it can have a kind of cumulative effect. So, again, always check with somebody who knows before you take it.
0: Amazing. Um You mentioned in our chat previously the two biggest patterns that you're seeing with your current customer base. Do you want to take Mm. us through that? Because I think it would be useful for people to go, okay, well, I can identify with that pattern or I'm on the other end of the scale or I might be somewhere in the middle. It might help people think
1: about where they're at currently. So, yeah, there's a couple. The most common pattern is what we call we define as a sluggish pattern because we're trying to give names that describe it. And actually that comes with a kind of uh, counterintuitive high levels of cortisol in the bloodstream. So only a small percentage of your cortisol is active at any time. Uh, And we see in a lot of women, it goes up very, very high in the morning, and then it's, it's coming down over the day, it might kick up again in the evening. And so it's following the pattern, but it is not, it's really going out of range. And so those women are feeling very stressed. They might, you know, getting the kids out to school in the morning, they might be losing their cool, quick to tears maybe, suddenly very overwhelmed. And so there's part of that is in relation to their stress resilience, how they're coping with stress and where something like tapping could be incredibly powerful. But we call it a sluggish pattern because behind the scenes, you've got what comes in the top that's causing the stress. And then you've got your body's ability to clear it out of the bloodstream to metabolize it. And what we see in a lot of these women is they're actually very slow at clearing. They've got a sluggish background metabolic rate. And so if we can work on the stress reduction and increase their metabolic rate by looking at their thyroid or whatever else might be going on, they then come back into balance. So it's looking at pulling at both ends of that piece of string to sort it out and that is the most common pattern so these women will be feeling stressed but then they've got fatigue as part and parcel of their story um, mm-hmm. and again they might not sleep very well or they might be early wakings so that three to four a.m wake up call can be attributed to this the next pattern that we see a lot of is when women have been in a persistent stress pattern. They may have PTSD, which is obviously something that your skills are very important at helping resolve. Mm-hmm. And they end up where the brain is not communicating with the adrenal glands. So you've got low levels of cortisol in the blood, and there's no reading. It's not recognizing, it's disconnected.
0: Wow.
1: And so they look flat. So they've got this flat pattern, and they, if when they see it, they're like, Yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) And then alongside that at the bottom, they've still got this very slowed metabolic rate. And we describe that as a burnt out pattern because that pattern is how women will recognize themselves. And that to restore that, and we've had some, so we, we did a massive dive into the medical papers to find a herb that would work for that. And we use a combination of herbs for that to get the brain to speak to the adrenal glands again. And one woman who's, a, who's got a really big job, she's a CEO and everything else, working now in the charity sector, was really burnt out. And we used it, and it's so magnificently restored that pattern for her. And it's wow. you know, lots of people have to just stop what they're doing and everything else. And she was so motivated; she still wanted to do what she was doing. So it's a matter of enabling her. Some people find hyperbaric oxygen quite good for that. Head injuries can also contribute to that. It's that reading. So it's a matter of getting the brain talking to the body again. Um, And the third most common pattern we see is what I call stuck in first gear. I clearly was a mechanic in a past life. (laughs) Um, And that is when women have a normal or a raised looking or even a flat pattern, but their metabolized cortisol is really high. And so they go off the scale and this can be a background levels of infection going on so women who have chronic jaw infections perhaps with have not great tooth work done maybe exposure to toxins like molds in the house and the environment or they have um somebody i know had a condition where they get uh, cysts in their armpits and groin quite commonly that can cause it diabetes can push them up there or very high percentages of body fat which can be inflammatory can push it up there So again, it's a different path we have to take with them to bring them back down to normal and normalise those patterns. But those are the three key patterns that we see. Some people are a bit of a combination of the both. So they look quite normal, but you can see their other results aren't. And so you can see one's pulling one way and one's pulling the other. So we use, that's why, you know, a machine can't just look at it. We have to use our nails to work out what's going on. I love that.
0: It's like... um... When you understand what the issues are, you can then just do the nudging, like the gentle nudging with the herb or the estrogen shift or the protein or the reduction of stress. And all of a sudden, just everything starts to realign again and the energy starts to flow and energy literally flows like it increases. (laughs) And then people will feel more like themselves again.
1: Totally. It's just that. If the body's given what it needs, because it wants to move there. It's the only mm. reason it's out of there is it's trying to cope with an unhealthy setup. So, but it doesn't want to stay there. It wants to move you. It's definitely trying to push you back towards that center. And doing these things, these small nudges, sometimes it's eight weeks of a herbal treatment. It's not like forever on your yeah. life. It's resensitizing, wow. using the powerful herbs to do that. And you know, these ancient herbs that have been used generations and generations throughout the world these are not kind of they've been there all along and you know it's only us that lost lost contact with them <laughs> um and it's using them and then you know for those they can see the results i said if you don't if you feel great you do not need to retest something if you're sleeping well you're bouncing out of bed in the morning and you're packed with energy and your mood's good no test is required <laughs> you know where you're at yeah, um, And that's why we're not on the bandwagon of all retest, retest, retest. Just, you know, if you're still not right, then we maybe need to look at something. But, you know, if you're moving in the right direction, just keep going. Let's talk about HRT before we finish
0: up, because I feel like I'm I'm straddling two worlds. I am Irish living in the UK and I have a big following and a, fo- a foothold in Ireland. And, and a lot of my members are there and I hear them talk about this. And then I've got the, the UK members and then we've got a few around the world. Um, And obviously everybody's experience is different and and the the information I feel is different. Mm. And the scaremongering and the research of the past has had a very strong legacy in the Irish press and media from what Mm. I can interpret as I'm living abroad compared to what I feel has shifted in the UK. Um, And what what do you know or sense about what was known about HRT in the past and the fears and things of it and where we're at now with it because I think there's so much more new
1: science to support the use of HRT in the right places. Yeah totally agree so when we look at the top line numbers and this is in the UK 26 but despite all the fanfare 26 percent of women take HRT at this time So 75 or 74% aren't using HRT. So whichever side of the the line you fall, you're in a a significant majority minority there. So Mm -hmm. there is no right and wrong. It is about using, again, your intuition and understanding. But to unravel some of the scaremongering that goes on is what happened in the 90s, and this affected me and my family. You know, it's funny how we come to do what we do. So my mother was struggling through her menopause. She uh, had had a hysterectomy and she was put on HRT and she thought it was magnificent. And then this study, this very famous study came out where what actually happened in that study was the control group who weren't given HRT actually had freakily below normal breast cancer rates. And the HRT group had that very tiny increase in breast cancer. And also, it was an oral estrogen then. Now we use skin estrogen. They are two very, very different things. Right. But the risk still wasn't ginormous. What the question should have been asked by the scientists then is what were the control group doing that meant that they were doing so well without breast cancer? (laughs) What were they doing? You know, that healthy user bias. What other things were they doing in their lives that meant that their breast cancer risk went down? But what happened was a huge media story. You know, it's magnificent front page news to give these numbers. And my mum and many other people were taken straight off the HRT. Oh. And my mum regards that as one of the worst things that happened to her. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh,
0: so awful.
1: I know. And, you know, even now she talks about it and she's in her 80s. So it was very significant and the results from that trial weren't saying what the headlines were saying. There was much more complexity to it. Now, for most women, they're using um, skin, so derma, um, through the dermis oestrogen. Uh, it's a natural oestrogen, is exactly the same as you produce in your body. And um, and so your body understands what to do with that chemical. It's not the same as a contraceptive pill or anything else. So. It's and the doses that they use even up to a full dose, which would be four pumps of cream or a 100 milligram patch or whatever the sprays There's all sorts of things now um, is not, you know, it's not equivalent to what you had when you were 21 and you were at full fertility. (laughs) It's a much lower dose. And the overall mortality, your overall risk of dying from anything, and I guarantee we will all die, but the overall risk of dying from anything is less on HRT, despite the slight increase in breast cancer risk, than it is not on HRT. And that is because estrogen is protective against cardiovascular disease, brain condition, because estrogen allows you to remain insulin sensitive. So it's the advantage we have over men in our younger years. If you notice when men put on weight, whatever age they are, it goes on their stomachs. Women, it goes on their hips and thighs in much less dangerous places. But as we pass through this transition, we notice our waistlines going up. And that's because we're losing that insulin sensitivity. And it's the reason why women catch men up in cardiovascular disease, five or six years post-menopause. So, the story is your overall risk of dying of anything is less on HRT, but you're, within that, there is a slight and is only a slight increased risk of estrogen-related cancers. If then you're doing the work in your diet and then the other way around and knowing what you do and how well you clear estrogen, you can even mitigate that further. So the real story becomes something else. So for those women who do want to pursue the HRT route, a true understanding of what those risks are makes that decision very difficult. But I think we need to also hold the light for those women who just intuitively, that's not where they want to go. Mm. And so we have alternatives, we work with other herbs and other alternatives to help women do this transition. In you know the old fashioned more natural way, and if they want to do that, again, it's supporting, it's pulling all these other levers and working with things that help support the body in rebalancing those those hormone levels, getting those adrenals, being able to have capacity for doing the background sex hormone stuff would be great. So again, I don't think there's a right and a wrong. Mm. Go with your intuition, go with your understanding, but get the knowledge and then make your decision try not to make it from a headline or just yes. because influencer a thinks it's magnificent mm. it doesn't mean it's it's gaining the knowledge and then sitting with it and being able to make a clear decision in your head and understanding your own
0: current estrogen levels and how you process estrogen would help you make that decision easier I yes. assume
1: yes the question i get asked a lot is why does my doctor not measure my estrogen levels Why am I not being checked? And it's because it's not useful because we've talked about that fluctuation and we fluctuate so much that even what you've got one week to another is very different. And even if you're able to pinpoint day 21 or day three or whatever day they're going to take your measurements, it won't be the same next month because you're moving through this transition. So this absolute measurement is just a snapshot of what happened that day. Right. So what really tells the story is, what are your symptoms like? So it's back to that thing at the beginning. Where are you on that kind of symptoms? And that's what we assess. And we, our questionnaire really looks into, what are your symptoms? And we're able to help you pinpoint where you might be on that transition. Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
0: And the when you provide your report, do you cover, to say somebody you feel that uh, a change in oestrogen is required or support that is required there, do you then cover both sides of that um, argument? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we ask them in their questionnaire, if they don't want to take HRT, we don't discuss it. If they then change their mind, they've got access to articles about it from where they, they're that da- you get your own dashboard. Yeah. Um, so you can get to that if you want to know more about it later. For women who are undecided, we give them both sides of that story. And for women who are um, you know, want to know more about HRT, they get that. So everybody gets the information, the understanding, and again, then they're in the place to make their own decision. It's not my job to make that decision for yeah. you. Yeah, it's my job to give you the information, and then you make that decision for you.
0: I love it. I feel so supportive in a world where we are very unclear and blind and unaware. And, you know, it's, it's the same. I feel this on so many levels. We're not meant to be the expert in our biology or, you know, we as parents, I think we, are, we feel we should become the expert, that we should be the nurse to diagnose our children and, you know, know what. What to do at all times, but we can't do it all. And we do need to pay for the support in these specific areas that are actually going to, you know, impact things for us. So yeah, I think it, it's an amazing company. I really, really believe that this is unique and needed and supportive and nurturing. And I love your approach. Um, it feels so holistic and intuitive. Um and I'm just excited to see your company grow. I mean, you only launched in January. Yeah, we launched at the end of January. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so it's been quite the roller coaster. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's just getting that conversation that people know they have levers that they can pull. You mm. don't have to be reliant on an outside, you know, once you've got the information, yeah, you know what to do. You know how, where to go. You've got a path through. And then the fear dissipates because you've got tools. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. So what, amazing. Um, one last question for someone who's on their knees at the moment and thinking like, oh, my God, where do I start? I mean, what what do you suggest? What's your biggest piece of advice?
1: my biggest piece of advice, well, obviously I have a bias in this because I think you just need to know what's <laughs> happening and why, yeah. you're, why you're on your knees. Yeah. But my biggest piece of advice is the first place to start is trying to manage that stress and that mental picture. So giving you the space to then decide is women, is something I'm going to do? Am I going to tie other paths, whatever I'm going to do. Mm. So managing that stress in the moment, rather than being reactive is reaching that knowing of what is the right decision to make and maybe something like using your tapping technique to enable you to reach that headspace to be able to think about is this an investment worth making or you know do I have another path that I want to follow and there are many paths this is just Mm. one path yeah and it's so I would say the most important thing I can advise women is Find that moment where you know what the next step is to take. And that requires becoming quite centered and out of the kind of panic and feeling on your knees, even if you 10 yeah. minutes that, that may help you make that decision, but it can be so important.
0: Yeah. And what I love about tapping is that it provides that clarity because when you're in flight, flight freeze, the ability to think and speak in fact um, disappears. So Switching us out of the fight, flight, freeze back into um, rest, regeneration and recovery uh, allows the clarity to return. And then from that space, we can tune into our intuition in a much clearer way
1: instead of trying to do it from fight, flight, freeze. It's much harder hundred percent i couldn't agree more and then you know and then this will hopefully if they do go down this path enable them to spend a lot more time out of fight and fight physiologically so then god knows what they're going to do with that intuition because yeah exactly you're not just having to deal with this you're like okay what's out there
0: yeah yeah and i mean when you think about the investments that you might spend with your company for example you might actually spend a lot more than that trying other routes without understanding the baseline. So think of maybe of that as well.
1: Totally, and you know there are people who are trying to get access to HRT, and there's this silver bullet ideal that some people mm-hmm. get about HRT, and they're spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds seeing private practitioners trying to get, and and then they don't feel that much better. Mm-hmm. And whereas for me, HRT could be the cherry on top of your cake a nutritional (laughs) floor there. But anyway, cherry (laughs) on top of your cake, that may be the bit that just adds the sparkle, but it is not going to deal with those. It's a foundation required. Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah, it's a challenging, it's a challenging path for women to walk. But I'm hoping that now we're starting to see, Mm. you know, much more support and understanding out there. And you know, just trying to move that conversation to just as HRT is one part of a possible solution rather than is the solution, is I think the beginning of that story. Yeah, well,
0: thank you very much for having me, you know, offer tapping as part of your support and um, post um analysis support uh, program and And for this conversation and for your company, because I just think it's going to, you know, support so many women. Um, And best of luck with it. I'm really excited to see and watch you grow and create your own lab and create your own nutritional support brand and all sorts of amazing things that you guys are going to do in the future.
1: Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Wiss. I'm so grateful for you bringing Tapping because it's so nice to see it move into, you know, new spaces and, think it could be incredibly powerful for these women yes and you know we're all going in the same pushing in the same direction which is going to be incredible. yeah so I'm yeah. really excited
0: we're um know the girls Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're
0: holding each other through this amazing transition and what an opportunity it is to to share our gifts with the world as we get older, you know, these wise I women. Totally
1: agree. <laughs> totally agree. And and what I think is quite interesting is the women that are now transitioning, it's a happening as the world is transitioning. And mm. I think that's quite an extraordinary, um, an extraordinary combination. And I think the learning that comes from both will be really powerful. And um, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed this chat and had a few light bulb moments. What are your key takeaways? Please do subscribe, follow or leave a rating or review to help this podcast reach more people and jump into my DMs and let me know how you get on. Thanks again to Olviram who are generously giving us 20% discount with the code tapping in caps. Do share with me what you buy and what you think. Also, don't forget to check out my website to take my quiz and start ramping up your own self-care practices. Visit tappingformoms.com.